1: Welcome to Nutrition Design for Trainers and Coaches, a presentation by Ryan Andrews, starring me, Ryan Andrews. Now I don't want to put uh, too much pressure on everybody here, but uh, if you don't properly address nutrition with your clients, you'll probably never be successful in life. So okay, good. The response is quicker in rehearsal with the laugh. No. So nutrition's no big deal. Don't worry about it. <laughs> with that being said, let's get started. So when somebody comes to you for the first time wanting to deadlift, you don't start them with 300 pounds. You start them with a broomstick, a PVC pipe. You start them with something they can actually do. If you start someone with a task that's too difficult, they often fail, right? Many nutrition coaches forget this when it comes to eating and nutrition. We pass out detailed plans with macronutrient percentages, meal timing strategies, specific foods. That's like starting somebody with a 300 pound deadlift. What if we program nutrition the same way we programmed exercise? Starting with something easy, doing it regularly, progressing gradually, and then mixing in some education and guidance. Let's look at how this might work. I'll take you through six, six steps to nutritional programming. Step one, figure out what the client wants. It's the client's own reasons for change, not yours, that are most likely to trigger new behaviors. If a client is having trouble identifying what they want, create a discrepancy. Discrepancy is the engine of change. Ask them, tell me about some of the things that are really important to you right now. And then listen to them and magnify any discrepancy between what they say they care about and how they're currently living. You guys ever done this in your own life? I remember back in high school, my sophomore year, I was complaining to my parents about my 2.0 grade point average. And they reminded me, Ryan, you spend all your time in the weight room, you spend all your time at GNC, you're not doing your homework, you're not studying. I said I cared about college, but I wasn't living it. When they magnify this discrepancy, help me get my act together. Step two, what is the client currently doing? In other words, why hasn't the client achieved what they want to achieve? This is a critical step in the nutritional programming process, because what you think is important might not apply to your client. Here's an example, completely hypothetical. I promise I've never done this. Let's say I'm working with a new client. I immediately start working with them on eating vegetables and not drinking soda and juice. Meanwhile, the client already eats vegetables at nearly every meal, and they haven't consumed soda or juice since their 10th birthday party. Just because I think vegetable consumption and sugary drink avoidance are important doesn't mean they are necessary steps for every client. Make decisions based on what the client is actually doing, not based on what you think they are doing. So you know what they want. You know what they're doing. Now it's time for step three, identify their limiting factors. To do this, get their help. Who is your client with all the time? Themselves. Clients are experts in their own lives. You have considerable expertise on what has been useful for other clients in similar circumstances. Your clients, on the other hand, are usually more expert about what works best for them. This is where questioning and listening skills come in. It's through discussions that clients are able to identify their limiting factors and coaches play a critical role here. It's important to phrase questions in a way that elicits introspection. Clients will have their pre-programmed robotic nutrition responses, right? I eat in moderation, I eat fruits and vegetables, I never eat fried foods. Without evocative questions, we all suffer from nutrition amnesia. Here's some evocative questions. In what ways does your eating concern you? If you decided to make a change with your eating, what would it look like? How would you like things to be different with your eating. Once you've helped them identify limiting factors, we get to step four, figuring out solutions. Clients believe what they hear themselves say. Instead of telling a client what to do, ask questions that get them generating their own solutions. When a client comes up with a solution, it sticks. Here are some questions to help clients generate solutions. So, given all this, what do you think you'll do next? You say, now might be a time to consider cutting back on sugar. How would you go about it if you were ready? What steps do you need to take to get started? How they answer these questions will help you form a plan. Keep in mind, your clients will seek a solution that befits the scale of change they want to make. They want to get lean by next week, so they're going to look for the one week get lean diet. Big solutions are fantasy. The small solution they follow is better than the big solution they quit. Now that you have potential solutions, we get to step five. Establishing how confident they are to make a change. If they aren't confident they can do it, they probably won't do it. If a new behavior is too overwhelming, help them make it less overwhelming. You can have the best diet plan, financial plan, or marriage plan in the history of the world, but if it can't be executed, it's worthless. Your client might want to eat five cups of vegetables every day. Great. Is this something they can actually do? Ask them. On a scale of one to 10, how confident are you that you can eat five cups of vegetables each day? If they're at an eight or less on this one to 10 scale, this is your cue to coach. Make it easier. Maybe three cups, one cup, a weekly V8 juice. Eating one cup of vegetables today is better than five cups that keeps getting put off until tomorrow. After establishing something to work towards with the client, encourage them to make it an area of focus. You'll be amazed how many clients forget they're even working on something new. They're trying to develop a new habit and they completely forget. Have them put a rubber band on their wrist, no card in the wallet, a post-it note on the computer screen. The more awareness, the better. If after two to three weeks, ask them what happened, what went well, what did they struggle with? If they're struggling, ask why. But don't be an asshole. Asking, so yeah, why didn't you eat more vegetables? Is different from, you mentioned that you weren't able to carry out the new vegetable behavior we discussed. Can you tell me more about this? (laughs) And then listen, was it too difficult? Did they forget? Do they not know how to buy, prepare, and serve vegetables? These answers guide your next steps as a coach. So let's reset here. We just discussed six steps to nutritional programming. Step one, what do they want? It's the client's reasons, not yours, that are most likely to trigger changes. Step two, what are they doing? Make decisions based on what they're actually doing, not based on what you think they are doing. Step three, what are their limiting factors? Clients are experts in their own lives. Step four, can they identify solutions? When a client comes up with a solution, it sticks. Step five, are they confident? Help them make solutions less overwhelming. And step six, moving forward as a coach, coach them. Provide guidance. Troubleshoot. A lot of the habits that we come back to time and time again at Precision Nutrition are things like eating slowly, eating until 80% full, eating more protein-dense foods, eating more vegetables, being aware of carb-dense food consumption, eating more whole food fats. So now let's chat about a few issues that will likely come up throughout this whole nutrition coaching process. Some things you guys might be familiar with. What do your clients need to do? Every client knows vegetables are nutritious. Not every client eats vegetables. Knowledge is necessary, but change requires more than knowledge. Instead of just educating clients about the health benefits of vegetables, Provide them with recipes. Go to the grocery store with them. Go to their house and do a demo. Show them how to wash, cut, and store vegetables. Give them a concrete action point. So it's probably a good time to talk ambivalence. You guys ever had a client who's resistant to change? That's what I thought. Remember, it takes two to resist. If your client is resistant, it's probably your fault. Don't give clients anything to resist against. Let me repeat that, usually that's kind of deep for trainers and coaches. It takes two to resist. If your client is resistant, it's probably your fault. Don't give clients anything to resist against. Some clients might decide they don't want to do something. This is okay. What the client does is up to the client. People resolve ambivalence by talking themselves into changing. So with nutrition, clients often want to address what they're eating, protein, vegetables, Carbs, calories. They often forget about how they are eating. The how of eating is fundamental. If your client is eating meals in under 60 seconds while hunched over the kitchen sink, it doesn't matter if they're eating organic kale or hot dogs from 7-Eleven. How they are eating will hold them back. While most of your clients will think of exercise as a way to burn off a bunch of calories, exercise plays an even more important role in body composition change and that is one of self-control. Exercise and meditation are the two most effective ways to boost willpower and self-control. Have you guys all seen this? Your client misses a week of workouts and all of a sudden their nutrition is a complete train wreck? So let's finish with an exercise here. I want you to think of someone you have in your life who gets you. You can go to this person anytime and they understand you. What's his or her name? What is it about them that makes it easy for you to be you? Think of three qualities or characteristics. So really, I want you to think about this. You can mentally identify it or write them down on a piece of paper. So think of someone you have in your life who gets you. You can go to this person anytime and they just understand you. What is it about them that makes it easy for you to be you? Take about 30 seconds. and Think of three qualities or characteristics. once you've identified those qualities or characteristics. One of the best ways to understand communication and coaching is to think about how you prefer to be communicated to and coached. We like talking to people who get us. Drawing upon these people and their characteristics can help you develop your own coaching practice. If you want to learn more about nutrition, behavior change, coaching in general, I highly recommend The Precision Nutrition Certification Manual, The Essentials of Sport and Exercise Nutrition.
0: Thanks Ryan, I appreciate that. Okay everyone, that's it for this week's edition of Precision Nutrition's The Complete Fitness Professional Podcast. For more information about how to become the complete fitness professional yourself and for some awesome free nutrition and coaching resources. Come visit us on the web at www.PrecisionNutrition.com. You could also visit us on Facebook or on Twitter at InsidePN. Talk to you next time.